in this community and around the range. Uh, but I think a unique opportunity we have coming up, and we mentioned it in our announcements, is the Movie in the Park outreach we have coming up. This is a chance for us to just put on a free event for our community where we can just love on people, right? I, I, and I'm going to encourage people to show up. And you know what? Maybe you don't even like kids' movies. Maybe this isn't something that you would typically do. This is a chance for us as a church to show the community that we love them. Show up, rub shoulders with the people in our community who are going to be here and just allow them to see us, right? We have to open ourselves up and be vulnerable and show the community who we are if we expect them to want to come and be a part of the church here. They want to know who we are. They want to know what we're about. And this is an opportunity for us to just say, hey, we're just going to sit outside. We're going to watch a movie and eat popcorn and, and, and jump in jump houses for the kids. But it's just a chance for us to just show them, hey, we love kids, we love families, and we just love our community, and we want to be here for our community. And so I'm looking forward to that opportunity we have. This morning, I want to take the next little bit to talk to you about something that I've been thinking about the last few months, and even probably the last year or so, as God has been working on transitioning Pastor Laura and I. We, we knew for a while that God was moving us somewhere. We didn't know where. And thankfully, it ended up here. We are loving it. But it's this idea of our perspective in life. In where and who are we looking to, to, to receive our perspective in life? Where are we getting our perspective? Where are we getting our direction in life? Who is it coming from? But before I even get too far into my message this morning, I want to start you off with a quick story that will get us headed in the right direction. Uh, so many of you know that I was a youth pastor for the last five years. Uh, and so, and now that I'm back in Minnesota, back in Lake Geneva country where summer camp is for our students here in Minnesota, I think it's fitting that I share a quick story. Uh, our church in Grand Rapids that I grew up in, we were known for being maybe one of the more um, crazy groups that attended Lake Geneva. Uh, we were always busy doing uh, crazy creative things because we wanted to get on the, the camp video. So we would do things like We'd, we'd pile mattresses up outside of our cabin and jump off our roof into piles of mattresses and all kinds of just crazy weird things that we would do because what really mattered, right? Getting on the camp video. Friday morning when they showed the camp video, you wanted your face on that thing as many times as possible, right? That was kind of, that was our logic. That was our thoughts. We're like, hey, we're going to be willing to do whatever it takes to get on this camera and on the video until it got to a point where all of a sudden the leadership at camp stepped in and said, hey, we're going to put a few more rules in place. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna kind of curb some of these different things that you guys have been doing. And they implemented some new rules. And as campers, we were like, dude, that's lame. Like, why would you do that? You're taking our fun out of camp. You're taking away some of our opportunity to be noticed. And you're minimizing our experience at camp. When in reality... All they were doing was trying to protect us, right? They were trying to protect us. But as campers, we didn't see it that way. We're just like, no, you're taking away our fun. We felt like they were limiting what we were able to do. But now that I look back as a youth pastor who's counseled for many years and now as a lead pastor, I totally understand where leadership was coming from, right? Like, I totally understand why they made the changes that they needed to make because they wanted to ensure our safety. But maybe even more importantly, they were trying to limit their liability as far as insurance was concerned, right? Like, well, let's get down to it. it's all about money, right? They're like, we can't afford to pay insurance for silly things that are happening at camps. We're going to kind of curb some of that stuff. 
But what happened in my life that I now see the situation differently than I did as a camper? I have a different perspective, right? My perspective in life has changed. I look at things differently than I did as a camper. I'm no longer simply a fun, thrill-seeking teenage camper who wants to be on the video despite the risks that that might include. I realize that rules and safety standards are put in place for various different reasons. My perspective shifted from an individual who was simply seeking to have an amazing time regardless of the consequences to one who could see the bigger picture and realize, you know what, there's more to life than moving from one adrenaline rush to another adrenaline rush. But why, why do I share that story with you? Because this morning, as I said, we're going to talk about this idea of our perspective, our view on life, and more specifically, who we're looking to in order to keep an accurate or good perspective on our lives. Much like in the story I just shared with you, perspective makes a huge difference on how we respond to different things. Or it can make a huge difference in our decision-making process, right? Because now I sit there and I would go, man, I'm never going to take a bunch of mattresses out there and jump off of a cabin roof. You know, but back then, my perspective was different and I was willing to do that. So it affects our decision-making process. It affects the way we respond to different things. So this morning, I want to encourage us to really consider who we are looking to help us keep that right perspective in our lives. This morning's message is entitled, A Graceful Perspective. And we're going to look at how Scripture challenges us to live according to the Spirit instead of our flesh. Romans 8.13 says this, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. This verse, it talks about how we need to continually decide every day to live for God in the things that He's desiring for us, the things that the Spirit is leading us to do, instead of living for the things that our flesh is just trying to get us to do. Right? We need to look to God and allow His Spirit to guide and direct us to keep our perspective in line. Here's a question for you to start this morning. What is one of the greatest things that clouds our perspective and keeps us from accomplishing the things that God is calling us to do? What are the greatest things that cloud our perspective and keep us from accomplishing what God has called us to do? Circumstances, finances, time, family issues. And the list could go on and on, right? We could say there's all kinds of things that cloud our judgment and at times it, it, they make, it, it leads us towards making certain decisions in our lives. But I think there's one obstacle I haven't mentioned yet. Maybe that's because it's, it's so simple and maybe we don't think about it, but it's the biggest one of all of them. What keeps us from accomplishing God's will in our lives? Sin. Sin redirects our perspective from one that is, that is focused on God, that is, that is focused on His grace, to one that is focused on ourselves. Sin redirects our perspective in life. Why is that? I want to share with you a little bit this morning from a devotional that I've been going through and it'll, it'll help supplement some of what we're talking about this morning. But the first thing that sin does, as I said, is it causes us to insert ourselves into the center of our world, making life about us. 
Sin turns the, the attention in the direction of everything to us, inwardly to ourselves. How often do we, do we hear how our culture has become so self-absorbed? Where, where you'll hear people say, you know what, it, everything is about me, and the world just needs to understand it, right? Like, I'm just doing what is best for me, and you know what, if that's not what's best for you, sorry, not sorry. But that, that's some of the culture that we hear today is, man, I'm just doing what I need to do to take care of me and my family. And, and how that affects other people, that's not my issue. Do whatever makes you happy and don't worry about what others might think. Those are things that we hear more and more all the time in our world and in our culture today. Sin causes us to stop looking outwardly and turn our focus inwardly, leading us towards selfish decisions to fulfill the desires of our flesh. When we live according to the flesh, what did Scripture say? It leads towards death when we live according to the flesh. Many of you know where the, the term sin originates from, and if you don't, that's okay. It's an old archery term that simply means to miss the mark. Sin, it means to miss the mark. When we sin, we're missing the mark that God set for us to accomplish. And it's very difficult for us to hit the mark when we're constantly looking inwardly towards ourselves and not outwardly towards God, right? Just think about that in the simplest terms. If you're trying, you're, you're practicing archery and you're, you're shooting at a target, it's pretty hard to hit that bullseye if you're not looking at it, right? If you're looking at the top left corner of the target, where do you think you're probably going to hit? You're probably going to hit the top left corner of that target because that's what you're looking at. That's what your focus is on. And that's what sin does. It redirects our perspective. It redirects our focus away from God and onto ourselves and the things that we desire to do. Not only that, but we'll never feel completely content in ourselves when we're simply looking inside. God did not create our hearts to be content simply by ourselves or even just necessarily with one another. God did not create us that way. He created us to be in relationship with Him. He created us to be in relationship with Him. We can look at all kinds of different things to satisfy our hearts. And maybe for a moment in a season it will work. Maybe there'll be a time where it seems to work. But even the most beautiful, most promising things outside of God will never fully satisfy you. I once heard it put like this. That creation was never designed to satisfy your heart. Creation was made to be one big finger pointing you to the one who alone has the ability to satisfy your heart. God. Creation. It, 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 God created everything. And it's one big finger that points back towards Him. That people will see Him through the creation. That only then will we ever be fully satisfied when we are content in our heart with God. Our perspective must be focused on God and His grace that He has provided for us. Only then will we truly be able to find satisfaction in our hearts. Not only does sin cause us to look inwardly instead of outwardly towards God, secondly, it causes us to look horizontally for what can only be found vertically. And last week I touched on this idea a little bit of horizontal relationships. That's our relationships with one another, right? With other believers. 
And then vertically, we have a relationship with Christ. With God, we have a relationship with Him. And so sin causes us to look horizontally to find contentment and to, to find our perspective in our lives. But when we have a perspective that fully understands God's grace, we have a healthy balance horizontally and vertically because both are needed. We need to have relationships with one another. That's very important. And we obviously, it's very important we have a relationship with Christ. But there needs to be a healthy balance vertically as well as horizontally. And sin once again causes us to miss the mark as we begin to search for satisfaction from one another when it can only truly come from God. Sin causes us to seek the approval of others and to become more concerned about what they think than what God necessarily thinks. Maybe you're sitting in here this morning and, and you're going, man, but I, I'm trying so hard to give God everything that I have. And it still just doesn't seem like it's quite enough. And that, that's where God's grace comes into play. I want to encourage you this morning that sometimes, you know, we give everything we have and we feel like, man, it still just doesn't quite seem like enough. God's grace. He knows that, you know what, we're going to make mistakes. He knows that we're not perfect. He just expects us to do our best in everything we can. If you're struggling to, to think that you can't do what God is asking you, I want you to consider our main verse again this morning from Romans 8. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. If we keep a perspective that's focused on God, it allows the Spirit to lead us. However, if we're concerned with our flesh and we're listening to the things of this world, it will lead us towards death. This verse is part of a much bigger passage. And to help us gain a little better context or a little better understanding, we're going to move to the beginning of Romans chapter 8. So starting with verse 1, it says, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Right? The law was about the flesh and what, and what we were able to present to God. And, and, and that was flawed because our flesh is weak. Our, by nature, we are weak. But we, when we, Jesus was sent in flesh and He overcame sin and death and was resurrected, through that, He met the requirement that was to be fulfilled. And we had the opportunity to live not according to our flesh, according to what the Spirit is leading us to do. Living according to the Spirit instead of the flesh is the key to living a life with a graceful perspective. A life where we choose daily to make the decision to live according to the Spirit instead of our flesh. Paul David Tripp, who is a popular Christian author, had this to say about the passage that we just read. 
He said, they were like fireworks going off in my head. God knew that my need as a sinner was so great that it was not enough for Him to just forgive me. He had to come and live inside of me or I would not be what I had been recreated to be or do what I had been reborn to do. I need the presence and power of the Holy Spirit living inside of me because sin kidnaps the desires of my heart, blinds my eyes, and weakens my knees. My problem is not the guilt of sin. It's the inability of sin as well. So God graces His children with the convicting, sightseeing, desire-producing, and strength-affording presence of the Holy Spirit. Another author put it this way. He said, I knew that by grace I had been granted God's forgiveness, and I knew that I had been graced with a path into eternity. But I thought that between now and then, my job was simply to gut it out. It was my responsibility to identify sin, to cut it out of my life, and to give myself living in a much better, more biblical way. I tried this, trust me. I tried it and found out it didn't work. I messed up again and again. It seemed that I failed more times than I succeeded. I became more and more frustrated and discouraged with myself. We have to understand that God's grace is more than sufficient for us. That, that there's no greater comfort for us as believers in knowing that, you know what, in spite of my weaknesses, in spite of my shortcomings, God's grace is more than sufficient to overcome the shortcomings that I have. To overcome the, some of the foolishness in my life, that His grace is sufficient. It leads us to desire Him above all things. It reminds me of one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 73, 25 and 26. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is, my, is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Right? Like in spite of my weaknesses, God, you are the strength of my heart. And you are my portion forever. God, you are always there. Though I may fail you, Though the things of this world may fail you. God, you will never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You are our strength and our portion. When we come to an understanding that we cannot live a fully satisfying life on this earth without God's presence is a wonderful day. Right? That is an awesome thing we realize. You know what? I can't do this by myself. I can't even just do this with other people. I have to surrender my heart to God and say... God, I'm willing to give myself to you. It's like that moment when the light bulb turns on, right? In a room that's totally dark, an absence of light becomes bright. Because light has come into it. Realizing that our strength comes from God, and that He is our portion forever. That He's steady. He's unmovable. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen. The third thing this morning, understanding grace leads to a fully satisfied heart. How many of us desire to have a fully satisfied heart? I do, right? I desire to have a fully satisfied heart, and I'm sure most, if not every single one of us in here, would say we desire that too. 
When we begin to understand God's grace and how to live a life that's balanced horizontally and vertically, we find contentment and satisfaction in our hearts. It allows us to live with a freedom and a confidence like we've never lived before. Right? Like, I'm able to walk around with the confidence, not because of who I am, but because of who Christ is in me. Right? We find our source of strength and our confidence and our boldness in Him. The Holy Spirit comes that we may be empowered to do the work of the ministry. Right? That's where we find our confidence from. Scripture tells us that godliness with content is great gain. 1 Corinthians 6, 6-10 through 10 reads, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evil, of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. It says, we were brought into this world with nothing, right? We're brought into this world with nothing. And other than our relationship with God, we will leave this world with nothing. Our desire should not be for possessions or gains, but rather to live a life full of godliness and content. Not allowing ourselves to become distracted by the things of this world that will fade away. Not allowing ourselves to become overwhelmed with the things that our flesh desires, but finding contentment in the things that the Spirit leads us to do. Am I saying that money and possessions are sin? No. No, I'm not saying that. Hear me this morning. It's not. God blesses His children with many great things. And many of us can sit here and testify of the great things that God has blessed us with in our lives. But when we allow things or possessions or money to become a driving force for what we do, then our perspective has shifted back towards ourselves and away from the things that God is asking us to do. Each of us has to make a decision in our lives. Who are we going to live for each and every day? Our flesh or the Spirit who lives inside of us? I understand that that we have days where we're going to slip up. We're going to make mistakes. But consistently, over the long haul, who are we keeping our eyes focused on? Who are we looking to for our perspective in life? Are are we focused on God and understanding the amazing grace that He has offered to us? Or are we focused inwardly on ourselves, looking towards our flesh and the things that our human nature desires. We must be careful to not allow sin to cause us to miss the mark that He has for us. Paul David Tripp also made this observation about our hearts and finding true rest in God. He said, Yes, it is true that your heart will rest only ever when it has found its rest in Him. Our heart will truly ever only find true rest and contentment when we allow our heart to rest in Him. 
This morning, are you longing for rest? Are you tired? Are you weary? True rest will only ever be found through a healthy relationship with God. Understanding the gift of grace is such a vital thing for us as believers since it helps us to keep our focus on God. We understand everything that He has given us. It reminds us of how we have the opportunity to give everything back to Him. For His glory. For His honor. That people will see Him. And that looks different for each of us. It looks different for you than it does for me. Because God is asking you to do something different in your life than He's asking me to do. And so you need to ask Him, God, what are you asking me to do? Spirit, what are you leading me to do today? What are you asking me to do that I may be obedient in that? Or maybe you're sitting here this morning and you say, you know what, actually, I, have, I haven't even given my heart to the Lord. And I need to start there. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. So as the worship team begins to come back up, I'd like everyone else to please close your eyes and bow your heads. We're going to have a moment where it's between you and God. If you're ready to make that decision and say, you know what, today is the day that I'm going to give my heart to the Lord, that I'm ready to begin a relationship with Him, with nobody looking around, with everyone's eyes closed, I want to ask you, quickly, just slip your hand up into the air and put it back down. Alright. And that's okay. It's okay that nobody responds. You can look back up here. I always want to present that opportunity because we never know when the opportunity or that moment is going to come where we say, you know what? Today is the day I make that decision to give my heart to Christ, to surrender and change my perspective. Are you willing to live a life where your perspective is guided by the Spirit through His leading in your life? Or are you struggling to see things as your perspective has become clouded by sin in your flesh? No matter which group you fall into this morning, I want to pray for both groups. It's very easy for us to shift between the different perspectives at different times in our lives. That's why it's so essential that we stay connected to God through His Word, through a community with other believers, and through spending time listening to the Spirit's direction and leading in our lives. I hope and believe that this morning has been an encouragement to you and a challenge as well to remember who we're looking to in our lives for our perspective. And so the worship team is going to lead us to one more song. And Myself and Pastor Laura and some of the other leaders are going to be up front. And this is a time where if you would like prayer, whether it maybe relates to what I talked about this morning or there's just a need that you have in your life, we want to give you the opportunity to come forward and receive prayer because we believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the laying on of hands that Jesus will come and respond. And so as the worship team leads us, you can feel free to stand up and if you'd like to come forward and receive prayer, you can do that as well.